1: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad.
2: Well, good evening, fellow humans. Here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. Second period Toronto up one, nothing on Tampa. Nylander with his 31st of the season. After the first period, no score between the Predators and the Canadians. Second period, Penguins and Devils tied 1-1. Boston and Philly, scoreless Carolina and Detroit are tied at one with about six minutes left in the first period. Later tonight, the Canucks home to the Islanders, another big one for Vancouver. The Ducks will play the Senators and the Rangers take on the Stars. The Oilers practice today. They will play Winnipeg tomorrow, game three of their four-game homestand, 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30, Chad. The game will start at 7.00. The Oilers still looking very, very good to be in the playoffs, firmly entrenched in second place in the Pacific Division. They are now three points behind Vegas for first, but four points up on Calgary, the Flames sitting in third place now. At practice today, no Connor McDavid, no Kyler Yamamoto. Dave Tippett asked about uh, what's going on with those two guys and could McDavid
1: play tomorrow? Good possibility. Uh, Yamamoto, we just kept off, just uh, precautionary, kind of a rest day. And Connor was in this morning, saw the training staff, and uh, had a little workout and left, so we'll see where he's at in the morning.
2: All right, so he said good possibility McDavid will play tomorrow. We will see. We haven't seen him on the ice since they beat the Blue Jackets on Saturday night and a little bit of a maintenance day for Kyler Yamamoto. Now, the Oilers badly outshot again last night. Miko Koskinen doing great. He has stopped 142 of 147 shots in his last four appearances. But in the Oilers' last six games, this is pretty ugly. 239 shots against only 156-4. So largely because of their goaltending, they've been able to go 4-1-1. Dave Tippett has used the word disconnected. To describe how the Oilers are playing, Zach Cassian commented on that. I think there's
0: a little disconnect from the forwards and D. I think uh, um, we just need to play together as a unit more. We talked about it in training camp: five up, five back. Um, we have guys swinging where they're not supposed to. Um, we're doing set breakouts where we're not supposed to. We're, there's just a, it's simple. It's a disconnect that we uh, we saw it on the video. It's pretty pretty evident. Um, something we have to fix moving forward.
2: All right, so there you go. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio six thirty Chad. Once a week we are joined by former NHL goaltender, current broadcaster with the NHL on Rogers. It's our good buddy Kelly Rudy. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm fantastic, Reed and yourself? I'm doing very well. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. We have a lot to talk about. Certainly a lot of concerns about the coronavirus and how it's affecting the world of sports. I want to get your take on a couple of things, and I should mention former Oilers defenseman uh, who's really crafted out more of a career, uh, obviously, as a a doctor. Dr. Randy Gregg's going to join us as well tonight for his perspective. But let's start with the hockey talk, Kelly. You heard the Cassian clip, and uh, you heard the word that's being used by Dave Tippett and some of the players disconnected in terms of how the Oilers are are playing. What does that mean to you? What are you seeing? Because the shot clock is is not in in their favor, and they can't continue to flirt with that.
3: Yeah, you're right. So when we had the same conversation last week, uh, it wasn't as big a concern for me. Uh, I just thought that was a a little blip in the radar, and that uh, in no time they'd be through that stretch where they're being badly outplayed. But uh, we hear we're here a week later and we're still having the same conversation so clearly it's a bigger concern of mine now and uh they are going to uh uh address that and they i'm sure at practice they had some good video and uh it's it's always easier when you see it. And with video, it's right there for your eyes to sort of break down and understand what you're doing. Because sometimes the little things, you don't even know if you're doing, you know, Cassian talked about turning and not straight lines. And uh, a lot of coaches talked about to make a direct path. And so you just think about that. But it, it, it's simple hockey. It's five on five, and we talk a lot about it. Uh, you really like teams that play and everybody looks connected they they all understand what everybody's supposed to do on the ice at the same time it's not just random uh plays and you're not just doing random things defensively uh everything has to be connected so i think now that the coach has talked about it the players uh accepted it i think that you should at least uh in the future see a better game especially defensively because that just can't uh, uh continue any longer
2: well, I thought especially the last two games, they haven't been able to complete on a lot of passes. And, and may, you know what? Maybe that's just a the funk they're going through. But there, there's a couple other things I want to throw at you here, Kelly. First of all, the Oilers have not been a good 5-on-5 team all year. You know, I've seen the the tweets and some of the blogs about the, the Corsi. You know, fair enough, if you like that yeah. stat. It's the goal differential, I think they're now minus 15 in goals 5-on-5. Uh, so that's a factor. All year long I mean we're seventy games in, so I'm not I'm not breaking any news. We've known the oilers' identity for a couple of months now. If they get good or very good or excellent goaltending and they win the special teams battle, they're probably gonna win the game. Now the other thing that's factoring in here, there have not been a lot of penalties called in recent games, and this is not a criticism of the officiating because I thought I, I don't have a problem with how it's being called, but it's a reality. There might be fewer power plays down the stretch. and and into the playoffs and if i I, you know i wonder how that could potentially um hurt the oilers if if there's going to be more grinding it out and the experienced teams know what they can get away with to me that's a bit of concern as as well if the special teams factor goes away a little bit
3: well and and i'm with you because typically or not typically but historically Um, We have seen teams win a Stanley Cup with not a very good power play. And and that happens. And teams are really good at shutting down power plays. You win more often with a really good penalty kill than you do a power play. And I'm not trying to take away from what the Oilers have done. We talked about it last Saturday in our pregame show about the success that the uh, Oilers have had on the power play. I think in the history since like 1976 or something, it's the fourth best on record. So that tells you how they're uh, ex- executing for the most part uh, until just recently. But, you know, you're going to have highs and lows. But I think the goal differential, that's a standout to me. That's one that uh, you have to take good care of because that's an important one. I think most coaches agree that goal differential is, uh, is an important stat to keep your eye on. Um, I think sometimes, though, when you go through a little stretch like this, you have to be careful not to nitpick and, and pick apart every part of the game. And so, you know, usually when you're in a little stretch like this, you're not quite as bad as everybody's saying. And and oftentimes when you're really rolling, there you can find a lot of uh, things that are wrong with your game, but you sort of overlook it. So uh, I still think overall – they've had such a great season and you know they they shouldn't overlook the fact that uh, uh they've had quite a run so far
2: well that's, that's a fair point and it is interesting we're talking about this lopsided shot clock and we're still talking about a four one and one stretch in their last six games right or you know, the final caller rob and i had last night at about quarter after 11 was really exciting and was looking forward to the playoffs and was, was saying they're they're figuring out a way to win or get points more often than not. So let's not pick it apart. And I, and I do think, and I do think they can play better and you'll wonder yeah. too. And you know, they're, they're not really commenting on this and they're not saying too much about McDavid, but you've been in dressing rooms and before we, we fully transitioned to the coronavirus. But um, sometimes if one guy is sick, Maybe not everybody else is, is healthy either. No one on the orders is going to bring that up or use it as an excuse. But Rob and I were asked about that last night too. Could, could other players here be ill? I don't know, but it's certainly yeah. possible.
3: Oh, and in all likelihood, that is the case. I mean, rarely do you have uh, an illness just affect one guy on a team. And uh, oftentimes it starts at, uh, at home. Somebody's uh, maybe kids are sick because the... the Dad brings it to the work, to the dressing room, and all of a sudden everybody else seems to have it. And uh, so, yeah, I would expect that if uh, other guys uh, haven't missed time because of a flu or something, they, they might hear in the next few days.
2: Kelly Rudy joining us on inside sports okay uh COVID-19 the coronavirus continues to have a huge impact uh, on our world we will talk about sort of the sports impact on this show though obviously I don't want to downplay everything else that is happening you played in the NHL you were with your teammates a lot you were on airplanes you were in small places together as a player Kelly at the point it's at now how concerned would you been about this virus
3: well, very concerned. I mean, I sent you the text, I think, on Saturday about... Uh, I'm glad we had the conversation last Wednesday about uh, the coronavirus and the impact it might have, but I never realized one week later it'd be uh, this troubling to have uh, what's going on in the world and and uh, the quarantine. Um, I, I think that for an athlete... Uh, You'd be very, very concerned. You look what the Austrian and Swiss leagues, uh, or Austrian and German leagues, did today. They shut down the league for the year. Um, uh, You know, I've been talking to a few people, and I'm interested to hear what Randy Gregg says about the the virus itself and the how rapidly it's spreading. But I just I, I wouldn't be shocked if something happened where the NHL shut down games too, and they're talking about games without people in the building, and I I, I don't know. I don't want to be an alarmist, but it just seems to me like this, this could get out of hand really quickly, and it seems to me, uh, again, I'm not an expert in the medical field, but somebody in the NHL for sure is going to get this virus. I don't see how uh, the league's going to escape it, and then at that point I wonder if then they take some drastic uh, um, moves, and maybe it's not drastic. Maybe it's the necessary moves so that... Uh, we don't to continue to spread the virus uh as a hockey
2: league yeah and i mean obviously i'm, I'm sure people have seen the the recommendations by the uh, by santa clara county which is where the sharks yeah. play that they, they shouldn't be they have large public gatherings the, the blue jackets put out a statement today as well um, yeah. You know, we know about the tennis tournaments uh, being be, being canceled, the women's world hockey championships, other. You mentioned the leagues in Europe. Other uh, events are going to proceed without. It, there's, there's actually too many now, just to summarize in in 30 seconds. But yeah, th- that's just a few. That's right. So, uh, what, what what Okay, so you know, you you played. What's what's would you prefer to have your game canceled or postponed or playing an empty rink?
3: Well, first of all, and I know all teams have done this, I want uh, a group of medical experts to come into the dressing room and talk to us and and fill us in so we have an educated, uh, you know, we have some education going forward so that we're not just reacting when we don't need to overreact. And so I would like that to happen. And then at that point, then I would have a better idea of, what I would like to do, whether it's uh, nobody in the stands, which would be next to impossible, by the way, to play. I don't know how anybody could do that. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it was LeBron James that said something he would boycott games that were played with those yeah. people in the, the stands.
2: Though so, he backpedaled a bit today. I'm going to play those clips oh, uh, okay. l- later on, but yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, because I don't know how you could personally do that. I think I've told you before. Uh, If I wasn't feeling all that motivated, I'd look in the stands uh, during the national anthem and and get a little bit of juice that way. And and so if you're you're not all that motivated, you look around and there's nobody, no bums in the seat. That would be very, very difficult to play. So I think one of the recommendations uh, or ideas that was tossed around on the weekend, I kind of like that uh, teams were asked, I believe by today at some point to find out all the dates in late April that they could maybe start booking if they had to cancel games or postpone games then they could start back up in another month or so maybe a month and a half and I like that one to see where this is going but uh, I just don't like the idea of playing when there's nobody in the stands that's for sure but again people with far more intelligence in the medical community would make those decisions, not some guy that just played hockey 21 years ago.
2: <laughs> well, but, but I'm sure they, they would sooner postpone games than, than, uh, than cancel them. I'm sure that's what the owners would want, though who knows, right? It may reach the point where they don't, they don't have a choice. I hope it doesn't come and it to that.
3: It depends on, depends on the severity. I, I can't remember what year it was. I'm just going to guess. But uh, I believe it was something like 1917 that the NHL did cancel the rest of the season when that's the right. flu pandemic went through
2: the stanley cup final yeah that's right there was no there was no winner that year yeah because yes. of the flu yeah all right well kelly stay healthy uh you know we we hope that we're not talking about this virus uh too much longer in, in the world of sports but we just got to kind of see how it goes thanks for your thoughts on the oilers as well hopefully they look, they look better tomorrow against the jets
3: okay you got it reed nice chatting with you bud
2: that is Kelly Rudy checking in, former NHL goaltender, now an analyst with the NHL on Rodgers. And yeah, Dr. Randy Gregg, a former oiler and uh, now a sports medicine doctor, is going to give us his thoughts on the coronavirus and its impact on the world of sports in the next half hour of the show. You can participate in the program, A, just by listening as you're doing now, or by calling or texting. It's the same number, 780-496-0063. Back after the break. all right this texter says i understand if the players would not want to play if there was no audience sure they play for themselves but also for the fans that come out and support them they wouldn't be as motivated to win the whole atmosphere of an nhl game is created by the fans well sports is entertainment at the end of the day so if there's uh, not an audience there being entertained, it would certainly change the whole vibe, though it it may come to that. We have Joel on the line as well. Joel, thanks for calling. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, the uh, Sp- Spanish crew, 1918-1919.
2: Oh, right, for the uh, the Stanley Cup final. And wasn't it 2-2 between the Canadians and was it the Seattle team?
4: Uh, I may be old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: But uh, yeah, that was that's the last time I guess there would be a significant alteration yeah. to the NHL schedule because of uh, because of some sort of illness. Yeah, Montreal Canadiens, Seattle Metropolitans.
4: Yeah, I mean there were millions killed by the uh, by the Spanish flu. So. Well,
2: right, yeah. and and that's the thing. I mean, sports is like it's fun. So if there is a health issue, I, I think sports has to take a back seat having said that we also know that sports is big money and joel if you owned an nhl team you probably wouldn't want home games canceled would you
4: i wouldn't want teams canceled but then again i don't want a multi-million dollar player coming down sick
2: well that that's a great point and i like like kelly said at some point you'd think some pro athlete in north america is going to have this whether it's nhl or otherwise I mean and this
4: is where you've got to let the medical people they're the ones who are going to have to make the decision or recommendation
2: yeah for sure joel thanks okay. for, thanks for that uh tidbit appreciate that i couldn't remember we didn't get the year right on the fly kelly and me thanks for calling not a problem you have a good night that is joel seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. someone just texted in is connor good to go wednesday well like uh tippett said we will see he came in today met with the training staff did a bit of a workout We'll see if he takes the, the morning skate. Hopefully, the Oilers need him. Back with Dr. Randy Gregg on Inside Sports. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Second period, late in the second period, one-one. Lightning and Maple Leafs. After two, the Penguins lead the Devils two-one. Justin Schultz has his third of the season. Late in the second period, Boston up one nothing on Philly. Start of the second period, Hurricanes and Red Wings are tied one-one. The Oilers practice today. Most of them. McDavid and Yamamoto not on the ice. Maintenance day for Yamamoto. We'll see how McDavid does as he is uh, dealing with the illness couple of texts here to 7804960063 this texter says it's ridiculous to say that a sports league would shut down for a determined amount of time and then things are going to be good. That would be to say everybody in that particular area will all be quarantined at the same time and then things are good. First game back, someone with the active virus may be in the crowd and spread it around. All this is like saying I'm going to buy a new car but never drive it because I might.
1: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
2: Another texter says, David says, uh, athletes who say they would not play in an empty arena are forgetting there are a lot more fans on TV than there are at the arena, and TV rights are where the money is at. That is from David, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Quickly here, before we get to Randy, Bragg, uh, Randy Greg, LeBron James, first of all, on Saturday, he said this about the possibility of playing in front of no fans. We
1: play games without the fans? Yeah. No, it's impossible. Yeah, sure. Nah, I ain't playing. <laughs> but I ain't got the fans in the crowd. That's what I play for. I play for my teammates. Play for. I play for the fans. That's what it's all about. So if I show up to a an arena and there ain't no fans in there, nah, I ain't playing. So they can do what they want to do.
2: Now, LeBron James uh,
1: today said this. Well, it's funny because when I was asked the question, uh, would you play without no fans? I had no idea that it was actually a conversation going on behind. Closed doors about the particular virus. Um, obviously, I would be very disappointed, you know, not having the fans because that's what I play for. I play for my family. I play for my fans. They said no one could actually come to the game if they decide to go to that point. So I'd be disappointed in that, um, you know. But at the same time, you gotta you gotta listen to uh, you know the people that's keeping a track on what's going on. And if they feel like it's best for uh, the safety of the players, the safety of the franchise, the safety of the league, uh, to mandate that, then we all we all listen to it.
2: All right, so that's LeBron James today. I I just want to clarify something. You know, getting some good texts about this, uh, a couple people uh, a little upset about the possibility of games being cancelled or postponed. I just want to clarify, it is not a sure thing for the NHL. There are some leagues and events that have decided to cancel events or play in front of empty arenas or recommend arenas being empty. That has not happened in Canada and has not happened with the NHL. We don't know it's gonna happen, but I think it's it it's fair to uh to discuss it. But I, I just want to be careful because I th- think maybe some of the things I said might have come off as saying it's imminent. That that's not what I mean at all. But it perhaps could be on the table as we move along. Doctor Randy Gregg, played for the Edmonton Oilers, sports medicine doctor. He's always a welcome guest on this show. Randy, thanks for checking in tonight. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, great thanks, Reed. Uh
2: thanks for having me yeah well we we wanted to get you on because you obviously have a, a very unique perspective on all this uh, having played in the national hockey league and uh and uh you know being a sports medicine doctor about everything that's going on i mean for, from your perspective um you know give us just sort of your take as a doctor on the coronavirus your perhaps level of of concern about where it's at in the world and where it's at in canada
0: Yeah, well, first of all, Reid, you know, I'm certainly not an expert uh, and not an infectious disease specialist, and I really uh, respect and value the input of all the specialists across the country and around the world. They're dealing with something that really is an unknown uh, in the past. Um, A couple of concerns, I think I can speak a little bit from the NHL standpoint, being in the dressing room for a few years. A few concerns, of course, is that, as we can see from the the environment of the cruise ships, that any time we have a group of people in an enclosed space there is a chance of increasing uh, risk of exposure to the virus and so this may not be the fans decision or the players decision or the coaching decision this may be in fact the medical uh... uh... community's decision to say that we just can't have any events that will bring people together to potentially uh, increase the chance of this p- pandemic um... so you know we're starting to see it now with the people recommending not going to cruise ships and some of the events that are closed uh, door events <clears throat> that are now being uh, delayed or, or cancelled. Um, from the player standpoint, I, I don't think we have to worry too much about the fan-to-player exposure because, uh, as you know, the virus is, is distributed and, and uh, shared through uh, airborne droplets. So not really a major concern from the player standpoint. But then the other thing when it comes to the players themselves, you know, dressing room is like a house, isn't it? The players share a lot of things. I'm sure right now the NHL teams are very, very cautious with making sure water bottles aren't shared, a number of other things are, are being isolated, one-use uh, uh, glasses and things like that. The concern, I guess, when it comes to an environment where the players <clears throat> travel together and pretty well live together other than when they go home at night, is uh, is if something happens and one of the players uh, does test positive, uh, then what are the ramifications and how do we isolate them? You know, it would be awful to have a a great player in the NHL that was not able to play and participate with their team. But from a medical standpoint, uh, you know, it's happening in, in the general public, and why would it not happen in the same way with an NHL team?
2: Yeah, that's that's really interesting, Randy. And and that's, that's the thing that really strikes me is, like, like you said, it's like a family, and during the season, sometimes the players are with each other more than they are in their families, and, and they're in close confines, right? And the NHL has the you know the, as media we're not allowed in the dressing room and there has to be some space even when we're doing the the news conference style interviews now which by the way i'm fine with i think we gotta we gotta live this with this for the time being then no they're, and they're trying to limit interaction with with fans no autographs try not to shake hands all those uh, all those types of things so could uh, the empty arena thing though is that something where where you think okay yeah they're you know, maybe it's better if there are games without anybody, anybody there. Like, is that viable in your mind?
0: Well, I think it's maybe a viable option. When you take a look at COVID nineteen a month ago, we we semi knew what was going on. So you can see the uh, the expansion of its involvement across the world. Uh, you know, the United States uh, a week or so ago saying it's not a concern, and now starting to see a number of cases throughout areas in the United States and also Canada. Fortunately, it appears in Canada that the, uh, the number of people who have been affected with COVID-19 have some relation to travel. One of the nice things about the NHL now, unlike years ago when we would be in the back of the Air Canada flight with uh, you know 100 other passengers, uh, usually with the charter travel, that means that the players are isolated to a great degree from the travel and the exposure to the general public. But this is not necessarily just uh, you know, protecting the players. This is protecting the fans as well. Uh, can you imagine, uh, you know, if there was a, a contact or exposure to um, the virus in a 16,000-seat facility? And you can imagine the the epidemiologist trying to figure out uh, who brought it on, how the exposure was, was expanded through that. It, it's hard enough when you talk about families or people coming from trips from China or Iran. Uh, that would be uh, an enormous proposition to try to find out a, who uh, was exposing the individuals to a virus, and then also who was, uh, who was contacting the virus itself.
2: Yeah. Randy, when, when you played, and, and again, you you, like, you were very unique, right? Like you're, you're a hockey player, and did you get your medical degree while you were with the Oilers, or did you already have it? I
0: had my medical degree before and then finished an internship after. So, right. uh, yeah, I had a bit of a background in medicine while I was playing and had a chance to step uh, stick... Uh, some stitches in Marc Messier's leg every now and then when he got cut. So I was practicing a little bit, but certainly we didn't have the exposure to this sort of pathogen back then. We also were on commercial flights all the time. So the exposure to uh, not only the confined air and the airplanes, but also the airport exposure to the community was much larger back then than it is now. So
2: how, when you felt sick or a teammate felt sick, were you a little more... Okay, we got to do this. You need to get away. I need to get away. Or guys, like wash your hands. Did you have? Did you find yourself with that type of a role as a player?
0: Well, I think we had to be all aware of that. Of course, one of the major things, and now, of course, if you talk to any physician, the best way to prevent uh, exposure to the virus is hand washing and making sure you're not coughing into your hands and exposure like that. You know, back in the day, uh, you know, everybody would share the same water bottle. Some people would squirt it, some people would suck on it. You you looked around thinking, you know, back then if you got the flu, you're out for a few days. But still, you didn't want to share it with your teammates. Uh, There are simple precautions that could be made. And now I'm sure that uh, much more than just the simple precautions, the NHL and the entire league uh, uh, teams are looking uh, very carefully at uh, risk of expansion and exposure to this virus.
2: Dr. Randy Gregg joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Uh, of course, former Edmonton Oilers defenseman as we, uh, we uh, deal with the, uh, the potential impact of the coronavirus and, and, and COVID-19 and where it might go in the world of sports. Well, and I, and I think you, you made a key point. A lot of these are, are traced back to, to travel. The, the travel impact, uh, athletes travel a lot, though certainly in maybe more comfortable circumstances when, when you did, when you played. But, but I just wonder, Randy... We're, it seems that I'm hearing we're kind of dealing with like Canada and the United States aren't the same right so maybe we're not as concerned in Canada as we are in the United States because so far the I hear a lot more of the United States well the building might have to be empty don't have too many large gatherings it doesn't sound like we're we're there in Canada and maybe if we're lucky we won't be.
0: Well, when you look at the progression over the last two or three weeks uh, not only across canada but across the world uh, this is a dynamic fluid ever-moving uh, scenario and <clears throat> i can see in the next two or three weeks things changing significantly so that some of those questions have to be answered and uh, of course no fan would ever want to see a building uh, and a game being played in an empty building or in fact the players doing that but the reality of it is is that may just have to happen the other option, of course, is to cancel the season. And I think as a fan, I'd much rather be at home watching them play on TV uh, than not have any games at all. It'll be interesting. I'm sure the infectious disease specialists are worried not only about the scenarios today, but what's going to happen in the next three to four weeks and further.
2: Yeah. Randy, it's always great to have you on the show because you're always well-spoken and always have a good perspective. I hope next time it's, uh, it's all hockey talk. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and, that uh, would be more fun.
2: Yeah, we won't have to worry so much about the doctor part of your title, just the, the, the former oiler part, part of your title. Uh, sound good? I'd look forward to that. Right on. Thanks for checking in. Okay, bye-bye. There's Dr. Randy Gregg on the uh, on, on the show tonight, former Oilers defenseman and uh, obviously sports medicine doctor here in the city of Edmonton. So, yeah, I, I mean, his perspective. And, and I, I liked what he said about how... With with how the athletes travel and they are in close confines, but perhaps in in healthier or less risky confines than they might have been when he played. When he said, you know, you're flying commercial and you're on an Air Canada flight with a bunch of other people, you're more you're with your teammates a lot, but you're more just with your teammates than you are with other people. Uh, you know, the Edmonton Oil Kings are are changing some things for Fan Appreciation Day. They're taking away some autograph sessions. Certainly, you know, in the NHL, they, they're not wanting the, the same level of interaction. For those of us in the media, we're not allowed in the dressing room after practices and games to get sort of more scrum style or one-on-one interviews. All the Oilers tape we brought you today and we're going to bring you was in the Hall of Fame room. The Oilers basically, uh, Dave Tippett and some of the players sat at a podium. The chairs were quite a ways back just to, to limit that sort of interaction. So I don't know if there's a perfect way to say that if somebody has this virus, it's not going to get around, but these are some of the things that are happening in, uh, in the world of sports. And the, the thing that, and, and Randy touched on it, and it's, and it's come up in a lot of other, other conversations, the thing that makes sports unique to this is that some of the largest gatherings we have in north america are at sporting events i guess sporting events and concerts where you're getting up into the thousands of people so that's where the concern comes in that if there are some infected people in that population inside an arena is it is it going to be able to get around in those spaces you know from the from the context of if you got to cancel games or postpone games to keep people healthy i think that's a no-brainer to do that um but it's it's because there are so many people there that this enters the conversation Good to have Randy on the show, and yeah, hopefully next time it's uh, it's primarily hockey talk when we have him on. Your feedback, of course, is welcome. 780-496-0063 is the number to both call and text. In the next hour of the show, Brendan Botcher will join us. Excellent skip for Team Alberta. Unfortunately, a third straight Briar final loss in Kingston on Sunday. He's later in the show.
5: to the point. Tip just wide. Rebound sprawling. Stopped Austin and made himself wide. And took one away from Tomasz Nosek. hooked to Carlson. Out to the point. Shot blocked. Ricochet. Carlson drive. What a sprawling full. Out, belly down save made by Miko Koskinen. For me, it's fun to play when I face a lot of, of sots. And Cousins will shoot it in off the boards, trying to center one timer save, a second stop, and Koskinen able to cover on Dosik Stasi heading to the net. Waits out Koskinen, can't bang it home. Koskinen made himself wide and squeezed that puck together.
1: Well, he was phenomenal uh, even last game. Uh, I mean, Looking at as a whole, I think we just need to be play a whole lot better in front of him. So he was he was there for us tonight.
5: Wall on his backhand, dishes shot. Carlson caught by Koskinen. Two on one for Vegas. Schmidt, right circle, wrist shot, save, rebound, slid wide. Koskinen again. Oh, Holden, shot toward the net, wall, rebound, save, Koskinen. Rebound loose and taken by Braden McNabb. Another sharp angle shot, save, Koskinen. He's got it.
2: Save, Koskinen. Probably the most uttered phrase by Jack Michaels over the last two Oilers broadcasts. Koskinen in his last four appearances, 142 saves on 147 shots. Really the sole reason the Oilers have three out of their last four points, beating Columbus and then losing in overtime to the Vegas Golden Knights yesterday. Head coach Dave Tippett on Koskinen's
1: game. He's really played well, played with a lot of confidence, and uh, you know we've, we've kind of left him the wolves there a little bit, and he's really cleaned up a lot of issues for us, so... Uh, to play well like we have and still be able to get points that's a real credit to the goaltending and uh but we have to play better in front of them and if our goalies play well and we play better in front of them it'll give us a better chance to win
2: well and the Oilers do have to play better in front of them we talked about that word earlier playing a little disconnected between the forwards and the defensemen they haven't been able to transition the puck up the ice very well certainly haven't checked well enough uh Dave Tippett was asked if there's a Maybe a silver lining to the team's play lately.
1: Well, you never like to have hiccups, but it really allows you to bring a focus on certain things that you want to make sure are in place, you know, as you move this next little bit here. So um, to have from the coaching staff's perspective, to have a really captive audience where you're not playing as well as you want, so players are looking to improve, it's a good time to do it. So... Not that you ever want to play bad, but there's times when there's coaches have said it forever as coachable moments. We've had a couple coachable moments here in the last few games.
2: Yeah, just a little bit. James Neal says they got to help their goalies more. They've been really good all year. So uh, for us, we need to
5: defend. We need to defend better. Um, giving up that amount of shots, some um, uh, night in night outs, uh, a little unacceptable. I think uh, for us, we got to we got to be stronger in our D zone and, and help those guys out. So um, They've definitely bailed us out and, and got us points. And um, you know, we thank them for that. And, uh, you know, we need to be a little bit better in front of them.
2: All right. Oilers back at it tomorrow against the Jets. 5:30 face-off show game at seven here on 630 Chad. Again, Connor McDavid did not practice today, neither did Kyler Yamamoto. Maintenance day for Yamamoto. McDavid did go to the rink, a bit of a workout, saw the team doctors. We'll see if he takes the morning skate, and then we'll see if he plays against the Jets. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classic Spun with a modern twist. More on the Oilers. Skip Brendan Botcher in the next half hour of the show. So close again to the Briar title, but it didn't go their way. What went wrong? How are they feeling? That story after the 7 o'clock news.